This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Rise above and be in control with today's business headlines, driven by Volvo Cars. It's coming up to 10 minutes uh, to 8 o'clock this morning. I'm Melissa Idris with Tan Chung Han. Now, uh, coming up after the 8 o'clock news bulletin, we have the Breakfast Grill. And today I'm going to be speaking to Loy Tuan Yi, the Managing Director of the Holstein Milk Company. They make the farm fresh uh, milk that you see in the chiller section of your supermarkets. Also the Yara brand uh, yogurts as so, well. So we're going to have some milk with our grill this morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah all right. <laughs> nice. It's breakfast. Yeah. That's so right. well, it is interesting. Interesting because, uh, well, uh, Loy owns 70% of that company, that Holstein Milk Company, and then Kazana holds the other 30%. So I wonder what kind of returns is being milked out of this company oh, very nice. that can contribute very to the government's coffers. Very nice. Uh, so they have about 40% of market share for fresh milk. But Han, wow. to be completely honest with you, when I was doing research on this company, what really struck me the most about it is that this company is... Uh, is making a social impact. So they're trying mm. to not just, I guess, focus on um, pr- profitability, but also mo- making, you know, buying milk from local smallholders, so that right. small, smaller farmers. Um, so they buy, they're buying it at almost double the market price. So at least these farmers have a sustainable means of uh, livelihood. But they also have this unique way, a uh, concept of marketing. And I want to delve a little bit more into it because it's not just about putting cartons of milk on um, shelves. All right, so apparently they do door-to-door sales. Really? Mm, I'm gonna, like, yeah, so I really want to learn more about this. I'm going to be wow. asking uh, Lloyd Twan E, the Managing Director of the Holstein Milk Company, uh, and that's coming up in about 15 minutes or so. I don't know how it would react if someone walked up to my door trying to sell me milk, though. I don't know if that worked in 2018. Does it still work? Well, let's find out. Let's wow. find out whether it does. Uh, okay, so from oil to milk. No, from, from milk, milk to, to oil. oil. <laughs> the other way around. Uh, we're talking about high oil prices, uh, and that has been a boon for Petronas because they've registered an almost 44% jump in net profit to about 14.3 billion ringgit for July um, through to September. So this is, of course, on the back of the um, turnaround in global oil prices. It hit, I think, in the third quarter, global oil prices were around, what, $70 per barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you compare that to a year ago, a year earlier, the same period, it was about $50 per barrel. Right. You know, we actually saw how uh, this, uh, well, back in October, early October of this year, and leading up to it in the third quarter, you know, uh, oil prices were getting to above 80 bucks a barrel. It at about $85.83. This is for Brent Futures. But of course, the story since then has just been plummeting, mm. right? Now, barely above $60 a barrel. So the question is, you know, whether or not these kind of numbers that Petronas just posted in the third quarter, 44% jump in net profit, whether that can be sustained moving yeah, forward. that's the big question, whether this was a blip in the radar. But you know what? Petronas said that uh, its financial performance was adversely affected by the stronger ringgit against the US dollar also lower uh, liquefied natural gas sales. So it could have been even better than a 44% jump in net profit. Right. Uh, and coming to the uh, you know announcement that we heard in Budget 2019, Petronas said it would pay a special dividend to the government, right? 30 billion ringgit. Yep. Um, uh, so whether that can be sustained if uh, oil prices are con- going to continue to uh, be volatile. Right. You know, already as it is, you've got Moody's who has changed Petronas' outlook from stable to negative. Why? Because 
because of that uh, perceived reliance uh, by the government uh, on Petronas to help them fund some of these programs. So that 30 billion ringgit uh, will specifically, uh, what is specifically earmarked for that GST refund, we know that. But then moving forward, if Petronas cannot replicate these kind of uh, numbers or not, cannot grow uh, its uh, cash balance mm-hmm. uh, to the point where it can sustainably uh, basically help the government with its expenses, then that's going to be a key, a, a cause of concern, not just for Petronas, but also for the fiscal position yeah. of the country as the well. The ratings as well, right? Yeah. So yes, that's exactly what MIER is saying. So the Malaysian Institute of Economic Research Executive Director, Dr. Zakaria Abdurashid, said that Budget 2019 may need to be revised if oil prices remain at these low levels and that the government may need to be more conservative in its estimates. Mm. Yeah, because the, the drop in oil prices uh, since early October that we mentioned earlier will obviously affect the uh, national budget. Now, we know that recent commentary from the finance minister, you know, he said, well, they are not going to uh, do a supplementary budget, or sorry, a, a revised budget 2019. At least that's a stance for now. But we'll see if that resolve or that stance will be tested if oil prices continue to fall. Uh, to be fair, it come up above $60 a barrel, but just barely right yeah, now. Yeah, look, and this week also, I think, you know, as we mentioned, uh, we spoke to Dodge Dolan a little bit earlier, um, that the G20 meeting, so all eyes on Buenos Aires, we might get uh, a kind of clearer direction for oil prices mm. following all the headlines and the um, the sideline meetings that might happen at G20. Yeah, so two key meetings here when it comes to the potential impact on oil markets. One, obviously, being uh, the one between Donald Trump and Xi Jinping. That's arguably going to be the, uh, the, the the showstopper there or the headline grabber there. And then possibly also we've got to look out for Vladimir Putin's uh, meeting with MBS, uh, Mama, Mama bin, bin Salman, Salman, right? I can't get Saudi used Arabia. to the MBS yeah. acronym. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to be cool here a lot. Doesn't I'm trying work. to build my street cred. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mel. Uh, you know, so that could have a, a potential a roiling effect on uh, oil markets as well. So this weekend could be big um, because you know, OPEC seems to be rather um, irrelevant when it comes to the oil equation right now. Did you just it's called OPEC irrelevant. Well, it's not me. You know, my kids are saying that as well. No, they're not even paying attention to, uh, to OPEC. No, it's like they're promising. That's fair, though. I would say. I mean, they're saying you know supply cut next year, but you know so what? Brand is still going down. It's like they don't care. Well, coming back to Malaysia, um, you know, it's worth noting that Petronas has predicted in their 2018 to 2020 outlook that Brent crude would trade between uh, about 50 to 60 US dollars per barrel. So, coming back to comments made by MIER, um, so it looks like that Malaysia's economic economic growth could continue to be driven by private consumption and uh, investment. But there will be challenges, right? Because um, private investment could be challenged by all these uh, external uncertainty uh, around the world. Yeah. But then, to be fair, you know, it's not all doom and gloom for the Malaysian economy here, uh, you know, given our relative reliance on uh, commodity prices. Because I'm looking at a Bloomberg scorecard when it comes to the economic growth prospects for emerging markets. And guess what? Out of 20 developing nations, Malaysia comes in first. Wow, yeah. A+. Plus. <laughs> a+, plus, yeah. So, As an Asian student, I feel very proud. 
<laughs> so anyways, why are we top of the list you know, uh, on this Bloomberg scorecard? It's because we have that current account surplus while many emerging markets are dealing with twin deficits, right? But we at least still have that current account surplus despite that widening fiscal deficit. We've got relatively stable economic growth outlook. Sure, it's below 5%, but it's, not, it's still relatively better than what other economies are seeing. And of course, our valuations look to be uh, pretty decent here as well. Inflation looks contained. Uh, we had inflation data for October just out last week, I believe, uh, 0.6%. So pretty contained there, pretty manageable. Uh, they also referred out to our 10-year government bond yields, uh, 4.17%. Uh, yeah, so you know, by all those indicators, uh, we seem to be topping this Bloomberg scorecard for emerging economies. Okay, good report card there. All right, well, let's take a quick look at the proposed merger between RTM and Bernama. Apparently, sources spoke to uh, the Malaysian Reserve, said that this proposed merger is officially called off. So Mm. um, apparently there were strong objections from top management and workers' unions of both Bernama and RTM. Yeah, so according to this source quoted quoted by the Malaysian Reserve, uh, look, the employees at RTM and Bernama, they are concerned about the heavy job cuts, uh, job cuts should the merger take place. Not job cards, I don't know what that was. <laughs> Sorry, job cuts. And now this was a topic that the communication Communications Minister uh, YB Gobin Singh addressed right here on The Breakfast Grill with Kusu Chuang. Yes, that's right. So when he spoke to Chuang, um, Chuang asked him about about, you know, what would it take to, I guess, um, look at the convergence plan between Bernama and RTM and, you know, asking really how RTM can be right-sized mm. because there's, there's no, uh, it's an open secret that RTM has been uh, heavily overstaffed in the past. So what would you do, uh, what would Gobin or the minister do uh, in terms to right-size RTM? And there were several proposals, which this is why I think was a bit of a surprise to me to read this morning that this proposal should be called off officially. I mean, there must be some way to negotiate some synergy between Bernama and RTM because there is, I mean, there's some denying there's overlap within these two organisations. Oh yeah, big time, right? But obviously, you know, all the vested interests, the unions, the employees, you know, these guys don't want to see their jobs sold by the wayside. You know, I mean, so what if the government has fiscal pressures to contend with? At mm. the end of the day, they're just protecting their own rice bowl, right? So how do you mitigate that, that ba- or find that balance there between uh, making sure that they are spending if Efficiencies when it comes to RTM and Banama versus making sure that there isn't too much of a political fallout from such a move. Sure. So, you know, one of the initiatives that's been considered, according to the Malaysian Reserve, is to form a joint group of journalists focusing on specific sectors. Apparently, media companies in uh, developed economies already do this, but I'm not quite sure what this means because it's yeah. quite light on the details. But, you know, Han, I'm just wondering, you know, someone pointed this out to me a little bit earlier uh, in the week about ICERT. You know, perhaps ICERT may not have been the top priority right now for the government, perhaps this could be this could also be seen in the same context that um, you know the uh, uh, merger between Bernama and RTM may not be the top priority for the communications minister at this point in time. Does not mean that it's off his list of things to do. Right. All right. We've got the uh, nine o'clock news bulletin coming up after this, and uh, we'll bring you the opening numbers from Bursa Malaysia next on BFM eighty nine point nine. Keeping you on track for peak business performance with the new Volvo XC40, the expression of innovation. Volvo, made by Sweden. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.